This is Unclaimed Bands. Show 122. All right, hey, music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight my guest is Shinobi Ninja. Yeah. Welcome, guys. How y'all doing? Yo, we're doing good, man. Living this life. Taking ass, taking Cool. Watching our backs, watching each other's backs. Nice, nice. Can you guys just uh, tell me who you are and you know, tell me your name and what you do in the band? That way everybody knows. You got Maniac Mike, a.k.a. Mr. Kid Shreddy, a.k.a. Mr. Dick Disco, a.k.a. Mr. Longwind, and I played the guitar. You forgot El Loco Miguel. Oh, God, El Loco Miguel. Yeah, don't don't forget about El Loco Miguel, whatever you do. I'm a comedian. Okay. Um, and and uh, please, I'll introduce you. I'm Alien Life. And I play bass in Shinobi Ninja. I wish I had as many AKAs as Maniac Mike. Oh, it's okay, Uncle Jellyfish. Uh, I do, maybe. I don't remember the wall. Don't worry, Scott. No problem. Um, yeah. All right. Yo, what up? My name is Duke Sim, AKA Dookie Sim. And I sing and I play some guitar and I like to do drawing. And you know my name is Simon. <laughs> cool. Well, I want to welcome you guys. Thanks for taking time to do this, and thank you for uh, submitting to Reverb Nation. This is how we get the great bands. Oh, corral, cool. Well, I'll tell you what. Before we get into all the uh, questions and get all the info for everybody, uh, why don't we let everybody out there listen to a song in case they haven't heard? You know, maybe they were living under a rock or something. Uh, what are we going to hear? Let's give them Gloom Doom. All right. This is Gloom Doom. It's been a long time coming I know the day is coming soon No need to daze away and watch the gloom doom Make sure the days keep running I know the time is coming soon No need to daze away and watch the gloom doom Roll the dice key, life is what you make of it Test the odd seed, chances are you make it Care the sands of Horatio, the ratio is rational Sometimes luck runs out, pouring from the stout No doubt, spider webs got you tangled up The missions in your mind, you gotta fight the ain't no Trust me, I roast from ashes to ashes, dust to dust, connect green. It's been a long time coming. I know the day is coming soon. Don't leave the days away and watch the gloom doom. Make sure the days keep running. I know the time is coming soon. Don't leave the days away and watch the gloom doom. Watch the blue, blue. I think that it's been a long time coming. 
All right, that was Gloom Doom. You're listening to Shinobi Ninja with me here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> guys, how did you how'd you guys get together? I've seen you play live once down at Dobbs. Blew me away, but I didn't get a chance to talk to you after the show. So, but uh, g- give me some information. How'd you guys all get together? Get this all started. Well, let's see. Way back in the day, many years ago, uh, you got Maniac Mike talking here. Um, I uh, wound up in a recording studio as an engineer. Uh, assisting a bunch of other cats and learning all sorts of really crazy things from a vocal class that uh, got taught at the same recording studio. Um, Two of the people in the band, actually, uh, D.A. and Baby G, were also at the studio. D.A. was an engineer. Baby G took the vocal class. Uh, The vocal class itself was taught by one of the founding members of the Sugar Hill Gang. Um... And that's our boy to this day, Mr. Craig Derry. He's the baddest man that ever could say that he's bad. Very, very bad man. It's my man. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Just talking about Craig Derry. Just talking about Craig Derry. Anyway, Craig Derry learned us. Craig Derry is also the voice on White Lines. I don't know if you've ever heard that song. But that's... No, I haven't. White Lines, come to my mind. Get high, baby. Get high, baby. <laughs> That's all. Anyway. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. So I think I've heard the song, but I just didn't know the title. Check it back, man. That's our boy, Craig. He learned us. He learned everybody in the band. He played the first percussion ever on Rapper's Delight. So the first thing you ever heard on a rap record was actually his fingers. And he was the voice of the Invisible Animaniac, which not a lot of people remember. Wow, okay. So this, this insanely, insanely developed character learned us. He taught us everything we know about rock and roll, pretty much. And D.A. was there as an engineer, and he would make records for the people in the class. And Baby G would be hanging out at all times. She was just cool as hell, so we all started hanging out. And we would help make her records, and sometimes, you know, one of the fellows would be playing a gig, and he or she would say, you know, I would just love to have more people playing on the gig. And then pretty much, you know, the usual cast of characters would show up. We did this for years until pretty much one day we were just a band. And that was August 17th, 2008. We played at the Knitting Factory when it was still in uh, New York City, uh, in, in Manhattan, I mean. Um, I would say the first song we ever wrote together that would, that, uh, would be called a, a true Shinobi Ninja song, that was written March 3rd, 2008. Um, and it, it's called Brooklyn to Babylon. Uh, but since then, you know, like we've been making our own records and doing our own thing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's that's kind of cool. You know specific dates and stuff. Uh, a lot of bands, they they kind of know. Well, it was this month, maybe. You know? Well, that's, you know, I, I gotta cool. admit, like the, the the name of the session was three three oh eight. So. Uh... Mm. <laughs> okay. But those are some real dates, man. We we look we look back at those times fondly. We were very 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 high, smoking things like. Like hash and blunt with no weed, just the hash. It was the summer of the hash blunt. <laughs> nice. Hey, you know, listening to you know uh, all of your music, you guys, it, you have a rich sound. It's it's really blended together well with the different genres. But if someone were to ask you, like, how would you classify your you, you know the music you create and perform? That, that's tough. You know, like uh, I, I think I think it's it's cool that we revel in the fact that it's it's difficult to, to classify our genre. We, we kind of try not to. For sure. Know, we just kind of try. We just kind of make music and like 
and like respect it for what it is. You know what I mean? It's going to make this going to be fun. Yeah, we keep failing. Yeah, we keep failing and making disco music. Ends up just turning into metal. I don't know. I don't know. Or or like something else, some hip hop or something. The genre of music that we make is called Craig Berry. You can take that to the bank. You can definitely take that to the bank. Yeah, I think I think I think classifying is probably the uh, the last thing that we do, and maybe that's why we get after that question a lot. Someone said Lauryn Hill and Metallica one time. You know, I say Nirvana and the Beastie Boys pretty much all the time. I say, yeah, I didn't know what a genre was until somebody said, wrote it. They said, what type of genre are you guys? I said, what's a genre? <laughs> what's a genre? He said, a genre. I said, you know what? That's the type of music you make. You make genre music. <laughs> January music. That's that's cool. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, your new record just came out uh, a little while ago, um, Escape from New York. Uh, this is your second release. How do you feel that this differs from um, – how is the, the the writing and recording process different for the new album compared to your, your previous one? Well, the first album, we did it – we started in Pro Tools. We were limited to, like, 24 tracks when we first started it. And this album – we were fully integrated in Logic. We had our own studio. When the first album, we were in the apartment. Now we're in the studio. So, you know, I think the second, well, part of our, part of our film was recorded here. Yeah. And, and uh, I think, like, the beginnings of it, a lot of the early tracks weren't recorded here. But Escape New York Blues already, like, we already found our pace. And that's what, and that's where we were at. And it's a double album, so it took a whole year. So, really, we found ourselves from the beginning, January to December, probably were completely different people anyway. We really went. We really went. Had like the, I guess, the time and the and the, and the knowledge and like the means to put, to produce and arrange and write everything in a in a in a way that we hadn't done it before. And, and we we're and, you know very well prepared and like focused in terms of like exactly what we were going to do and how we were going to execute it and what we wanted. You know. So bringing some lessons learned from the first record and just expanding upon your uh, your your talent already. Then definitely, yeah, for sure. But perspective cool. is only, you know, it, it, it's only gained by, by at least going through the process, you know. So mm-hmm. the second time around is a lot different. I think we've got our eyes open about a lot of different things on this time around that we didn't, you know, before. Before it was kind of a thrill. It still is a thrill to be together and to be making music and everything, but it was such a thrill, you know, before that maybe, you know, we overlooked a couple things. And I think we address a lot of that on this album, you know. The way that it sounds, the way the writing is, sounds like the second time around. Gotcha. You know, you guys mentioned about this being um, a double album, but, I mean, you, you guys have been writing, you know, tons of songs. I mean, sheer volume alone. Rock Hood had 17 songs on Escape has 12 songs on it. You've done singles. Uh, take me through, what's the writing process? Like, how are you guys being able to be so prolific and be so good? Because you guys really are. There's not there's not bad track on this record at all. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you so much, man. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Like, you really got to let each member of the band be their own beautiful and unique snowflake. And the come together, the that that quality, that respect, that speaks volumes, you know, that that we all, mm-hmm. you know, that it's happening. If if one of us has a, a really great idea, it could only be a great idea, you know, like it's you know if it's not a great idea, maybe something's a great idea, but the idea is that we follow a, a, a true path of energy, and if it's if it can be there in the beginning and one of us got it, well, then all of us got to get behind that. If we're all together one day and one of us did something cool and then everybody else was into that and 
all of a sudden, half an hour later, there's a song because we're in the control room and we're hanging out and we got all the gear and we're just doing it. Sometimes it happens that way. Um, it's different all the time, man. Yeah. Sometimes we collaborate with other friends of ours. You know, they come in and, you know, it is what it is. But to keep that just an open-ended entry, I think, you know, to never just have any expectations about how you're really supposed to go about doing it. Just to know that I'm doing it with these people and there's a million ways to go about it and we don't have to fret that. Yeah, sometimes Keeping it as a true collaborative. Sure. Well, sometimes the idea is someone will be like a catalyst, like, you know what I mean? Straight like, up. it'll literally be like, this person has got the spear in their hand, and, and, you know, and they're in the front lines, and, and, you know, let's just get in line behind them and just support this, because it's going great. And other times, we'll all be together, so we're just open, we just stay, stay as open as possible, man, really. It's like this fan, and, and it's like, you know, and it just flows really smoothly. That's cool. That's really cool. A lot of times, you know, you, you, you find bands where they've got one or two principal, maybe three principal writers in it, especially with the size of your band. But to know that it, it, it all comes together, you know, collaboratively like that, yeah, I think that's really what's going to keep the uh, the voice unique and uh, and interesting, you know, for, for many more well, songs to come. I appreciate that, man. But, you know, there, there's a time and a place for everything, and, and all those kinds of things happen, you know. Mm-hmm. None of it ever not happens. You know, and there's frequency for all all different ways of, of putting a song together. Yeah, but you don't you don't you don't pigeonhole yourself by saying, well, this is the way we do it. You just let it free flow and and see how it all comes together, and either it does or it doesn't. I'm guessing, right? Well, we got to do it good, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean it. I don't mean it like ah. Well, we just threw it together. I mean like work. You know. No work. So I only imagine that. But you guys, we, we we hold ourselves to that esteem. You know, it's, you know, if it's really not moving the rest of the band, then it doesn't make it to the record. Yeah, no, no, no. I Very get much it. A democracy. We got a little bit of democracy going on. Everyone votes and stuff. It's kind of, it's kind of fun. <laughs> After a while, it gets better. It goes. Anyway. So, so the voting's like a true democracy. It's not like a Survivor Island thing. Well, we're gonna vote this song off the island or not. But the right? fans are there too, you know. Like I said, like I said, all these things happen. With the internet and the videos and stuff. You can put out, and also like the singles we did, like we put in a song, Sounds of Calzadona, like you can put things that wouldn't necessarily fit on the album that's already complete, and you can put them out in different ways. Like you could do just a video, like we did Illish, that wasn't on the album, but we did a video, you know what I'm saying? So it lives, it lives on its own. So there's, I feel like there's many different ways that you can release music, and then therefore that gives you the opportunity to make music that is not only just single-based, like give me your answer, Sandman. That's all I want to do is make that. Like I think we can do, we can make noises and like fucking do armpit noises and put them out if that's how we feel. It's just a matter of other people who want to hear it. And then, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's not dope. Yeah, it's not super dope. You can make a beat with that sample. Oh yeah, man. No, but not to go DJ. And you can make a beat like over that, and then you can even take the armpit noises out later. But they made the track possible. You know what I'm saying? We'd like to take a, gotcha. a break from the interview <laughs> and just give a shout out to uh, our wonderful sponsor, Monster Pada. God love for you, Noah. God love for you, John. How We'd like to take this moment to give a shout out to our one of our biggest muses, Marijuana the Prince, and all its different guys and faces as well. And finally, we'd like to take this moment to give a shout out to the other ninjas that couldn't make it to the interview. Baby G, yes. Mad Love. Terminator Dave, Mad Love. DJ Axis Powers, Mad Love. That's what I got. Cool, cool. Let's continue. You guys... Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna roll this song. You guys, you guys, you know, you talk about um, 
you mentioned about putting stuff out on the internet and everything, but your music makes it to other places besides just your records. You guys have had a, a song on uh, on MBK 2012. You had a song on uh, the Haunted House 2 soundtrack. Uh, you've also did a uh, did a song for um, songs for Blake embracing autism. How did those things come about? How did you guys get involved with all that? Well, embracing autism that that was a whole different thing. Like that has its own backstory, but the Haunted House Two is like. That's another good example of the last, going back to the last thing you were talking about, the different ways music can come out, because that came out through the movie. It's like, you, that has nothing to do with albums, but it still has to do with the output of the band Shinobi Ninja. And if, if we have these outlets to do it, I mean, we can just make music because we have our own studio, and it's like, we dedicate our life to it, so 24 hours a day, we can just be thinking of what the next move is. And that's just that's just how parents do, man. You just continue to just chop away at what you're good at, you know what I'm saying? That's making music. That's what we do. Cool, cool. Is there any particular song off the uh, the record, and this is for each one of you, off the new record that just has some special meaning for you? Hmm. One song. Damn. Well, well, escape from New York. Um, I could pick on I like Renegade Monster. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was a fun one. 30 seconds. 40. 40. It was like a 40. I think it was coming down, I always like to message and post on both names. Dookie's, Dookie's words. It's both some good words in that song. I like that. Who, who, okay, we were in Will I Am's mix room, right, Alex? And we were showing we were showing the studio manager of that place one of the songs. It was post on both. It was post on both. Okay, that's my favorite tune. That's my favorite tune. And I'll tell yeah. you why. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Our our homie, our teacher, our leader in many, many different ways. Andy Manganello, um, who uh, produced Rock Hood, um, put us on to a recording studio uh, that happened to be the uh, the old Quad Studios. I think so, yeah. It was, it, it was, um, it it was, was where Tupac got shot. Yeah, it was, yeah. It, um, but it was during Hurricane Sandy. I yeah, guess. and it was during Hurricane Sandy. We didn't have any power in our studios, and we wanted to finish mixing, so. Right, and, and we broke into the building. We rolled upstairs in the dark, this is our studio. In our studio. And we grabbed the iMac <laughs> and all the hard drives. <laughs> we had flashlights. And it, it, it was insanity, man. We were so paranoid. Yo, it, it felt like it felt like a scene out of Resident Evil or something like that. It was kind of weird. And then and then we it was really <laughs> and then we rolled down the street to like to you know Times Square. Twenty five blocks away, there was all kinds of power. All kinds of power. Everything's totally cool. No problems. And uh, you know, we we have we had this meeting with the studio manager, and we showed him post no bolts. So we're, we're the mix computer that. with our computer, and we're literally like we're playing it from like like a headphone adapter out of the back of the computer into the like into a patch on the console, and like there's a pair of aux trigger monitors and there's thousand watt JBL subs on either side, and a big long SSL nine thousand console, and it sounded like a freaking ton of bricks. It sounded like, it sounded like a freight train just like hitting you in the face. Like it was so great. And, and, uh, and the guy kind of just, like, he kind of, oh, his eyes just went wide when, when he kicked her on the face. And his eyes just kind of went wide. He looked up and said, okay, guys. And all the things that we ever learned, all the things that we ever learned, all the things that Andy ever taught us, all the things that we were doing on the record that we thought was theory in a way because we hadn't proven ourselves. We had known for that flash of a second that we were on the right direction. And then we got to mix a whole day in that room. And that was insane because we went through the whole record. 
we were taking that studio for a ride like it was a roller coaster, man. We were doing. We were able to pretty much fine tune the mixes there. Uh, Mike and I were pretty much able to fine tune the mixes, like to a point as to where like we we felt like very very comfortable and and really good about it. And it was good because we we were thinking we were thinking we were just going to be losing a lot of time because of the because of the loss of power in the studio and stuff. And we really wanted to have stuff done like already had had it done. So you know it was it was a really it was a really sick moment when when you kind of heard the tracks the first time. We were just like yeah you know it's good. I also yeah I just want to put it out there. It's one of the only songs on the, on the album with an acoustic guitar. Uh, besides genuine, yeah, genuine. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that was cool. our boy Steve's guitar. It's a beautiful, beautiful guitar. Sat in our studio for years. It only got played once, and that's after it got set up. And then it got put away, and it never got played. Hey, what again. time was it? That was the uh, Eric Clapton right? acoustic. Is that Martin? Martin. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Why don't we uh, take a break and let everybody listen to another song? Uh, what are we going to let them hear this time? Radio. One time for the radio. One time for the radio. All right. This is one time for the radio.
right, that was one time for the radio. Shinobi Ninja. Hey, guys, what's the uh, best place for people to uh, keep in touch, find out what's going on with the band? Google us. Shinobi Space Ninja. We are the first iteration of the search query. All right. So people can just go there and then link on to the website or Facebook or Twitter or whatever like that. Find out what's going on with oh, you guys. Oh, yeah, we got that too. So, on Twitter and stuff. Yes, sir. And, uh, definitely if you go to shinobininja.com, that's S-H-I-N-O-B-I-N-I-N-J-A.com, you will find links to nice. all of these dope social networks that we are parts of. In fact, if you are hating us up on any one of our social networks, there's a chance, a quite possibly great chance, that you are going to get hollered back at by one of us. Right now, by day, he's sitting here on his laptop. And then, doing some other dinner. Holler at us, and we holler back. Yo. Hey, so what's the, for this was for each one of you, what's the first record you ever bought? Ooh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it's just out of our own. Whatever you remember. Oh, man. Uh, the, first, the first record that I ever bought with my own money. Oh, my God. Oh, I got this one. Oh, I know, I know which one it is. I know which one it is. It was the third CD I ever owned with Alien Lux. The third CD I ever owned. And I went out and bought it with a recommendation of a friend, Joe Satriani, Engine of Creation. Um, it's a really, really sick record. For the head? Lots of, lots of things, lots of great things and guitar, um, guitar, uh, synthesized work also. Um, really opened my mind up actually. And it was, it was, uh, definitely a, a big one for me. That's shit. I, uh, you, you got maniac, Mike, now. I walked into the, uh, into the CD store. It was, uh, it was called Pick a Disc. It was in Manuet, New York, off of Route 59. And I walked past all the grunge series at the counter, and I asked for the new MC Hammer tape, which ended up being MC Hammer's Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. And I listened to that tape until it popped. I knew all words, and he was the man. I thought you can't touch this with thing. It was a song I've ever heard. Nice. <laughs> don't judge me. I'm don't judge at all. Trust me, I don't judge at all. Good, because I still like that record. Maybe I got all the rest. Nothing wrong with that. Listen, man, you can't deny a great record. How are you gonna say no to a great record? It's like I was listening to Michael Jackson. Then there was then there was before that was Let's Get It Started, and then after Too Legit to Quit was was there anything after Too Legit to Quit? Hey, you know, one of the one of the things that I wanted to really uh, ask you guys about uh, was besides being having a song on a video game, you guys had your own video game or you have your own video game, oh. Shinobi Ninja Attacks. How did? How, where did you? I, I don't know any band that has its own own game. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, how did that happen? Uh, big shout out to the big homie uh, Steve Sternshot, and big shout out to the the big homie and band member Terminated Dave. Uh, that was pretty much their spearhead um, at the moment, and uh, it started out as a project of Terminated Dave in college, really. And uh, his teacher thought it was so cool that. Um, you know, he thought it should be showcased at the 
the CEF convention in uh, Las Vegas, which is like a big, like, you know, consumer electronics show. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, they, they were, you know, compared to the new Blockbuster um, iPhone app, and they used Termi's game as the good thing, and they used the Blockbuster app as the bad thing. And that gave us a lot of boost, you know, a lot, a lot of attention. A, a lot of uh, imitators, too, um, with, with way more resources than we had at the moment. Um, to put anything out. Uh, so we saw that come out before ours, actually. Um, but when we put ours out, we actually enjoyed, I don't know, about 60,000 installs. Um, we had uh, an interactive feature on the video game where you rolled through to the gig, and, you know, if you uh, enabled the, the iPhone's uh, location function, you would reward uh, the user with extra content. Uh yeah, we would fully unlock. You'd get you get tons of like new stuff and all the know. characters and all the stuff. It was it was a great way to mine email. It was a great way to you know just kind of like put yourself through the the, the next generation. Um, that is so cool. I don't know. Samsung also did this with Jay Z one time, and uh, I just want to say that uh, we did that for. Yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys beat Jay Z to it. He, he followed you guys. Let's face it. <laughs> There's an article on Time.com where it says just that. It says we came up with it first. It's actually kind of nice. It's actually right. kind of funny. So it was, yeah, it was on the internet. <laughs> and, and it's on the internet. It's on the internet. Uh, now, can you, you, can you still get the game? Anymore, well, you do. Uh, well, I mean, um, you can't actually get the game uh, anymore in the App Store, uh, but uh, we will at some point in the near future, hopefully. Shinobi Ninja is looking for someone to update the game. Tell him. Hit him up. It's a hot game, man. Hey, 60,000 downloads? Absolutely. I also wanted to put it out there that it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up game, like Ninja Turtles, the original from Nintendo. Yeah, Double Dragon. But the difference is uh, you star as one of the band members, and each one of them has a special weapon and uh, a bunch of uh, unique attack features. And you run through Brooklyn beating up um, hipsters and taking their money. (laughs) <laughs> well, they're trying to beat you up. They're trying to stop you from getting to the, you know, getting to the show. Let, let's get a Kickstarter campaign going on that right now, okay? Right. That's right. I support that game. Uh, what What do you guys uh, to date? What do you think has been the biggest career moment for Shinobi Ninja? Well, you said it right there, brother. You just you just had uh, Shinobi Ninja on your. Uh, on your podcast and you're interviewing us about our successes and you just call what we do a career. I'll take two of those. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Thank you, brother. Well, you know, we're, uh, we're going to wrap things up here. That was short. What's that? that was short. Now, his answer was short, but that's me. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. It's, it's, that's why he's a long way because there's a lot of thinking to do about that answer. You know what I mean? Like, as opposed to a lot of length to how long he's speaking. <laughs> well, what, before we wrap up here, I just want to know: um, Is there anything you want to say to your fans out there? I mean, we got a lot of things coming at you this year. Yeah, we have two more albums. Two more. Albums.
Whoa. Uh, a bunch of videos. There are a lot of videos. We we might get a lot of money or could might make double albums like double vinyl, double CD albums. We might could make these. We definitely we definitely have a lot of interesting things going, and we got we have definitely have two more albums, and we're gonna have some videos for the 2014. It's gonna be it's gonna be kind of epic. So you're gonna have two more albums out in 2014? Yeah, wow. Well, the second the second half of Escape from New York is Return From. So so that's a double album, Escape and Return. That's a double album. And then we did another album because that album took a whole year. We did another album, a freestyle album, in the last two weeks. Yeah, and only two. We pretty much was only two weeks. Uh, we we had to do it. Um, we were trying to finish just like do one do another album, like completely the opposite of the one that we just did. And we just plugged all our instruments into one room. And David G is even playing piano on it actually. Um, and, and yeah, and we, we, we had about four hours uh, in five days in a week to do five songs. And every day we had four hours to basically create a song from scratch um, and uh, like jam it out pretty much from, from nothing or whatever ideas we might have had in our heads floating around that morning or something. And uh, by the end of five days, we had uh, five instrument tracks recorded with the whole band live in a room. Uh, and then the next week, uh, Jeez and DA came in and did uh, vocals on everything. And, and that's going to be our fourth album. It's called the Artistic Visions. Jeez, wow. You guys uh, just don't stop. That's great. Do you consider double album and album? Well, is the double album? Well, that's the question. Is the yeah. double album, maybe we should ask you a question in this interview. <laughs> is the double album one album? Escape and Return from or is it two albums? Well, typically a double album is usually two albums at one release, so... I mean, it's typically the way it goes, okay. but you know, you can you've been breaking molds so far, so keep breaking. It, you know? <laughs> hey, I said to put the question out there. Put the question out there, right? Uh, you know, is it one or is it two? Right? Yeah, I mean, one is it really? Use your illusion thing, right? Use your illusion one. Use your illusion two. Use, exactly. Guns and Roses. Use your illusion one and two are two separate albums, right? Mm-hmm. But but it's a double yeah, album yeah, kind of, but it's surely a double album, right? Isn't it? Not really, though. It is. Though. But, but but you had to have them both. You had to have them both, right? It is. So like, I don't know. Metal power and the infinite sadness. Well, well, regardless of what number album, uh, uh, the album after Return from Epic Visions is, that that is going to that that album, the free kind of a freestyle album, is going to come out this year as well. Great, great. Well, look, guys, I want to thank you for uh, taking time to do the interview. I really appreciate it. I know you've been busy on the road touring and everything. And uh, obviously, from what you're telling me, you're going to be busy for a while longer, which is incredible. Um, you know, um, like I said, it's been been great, and I enjoyed seeing you. I can't wait to see you again. It's been a while. So hopefully I can either get up to New York and see you play up there or have you guys swing by Philly again. Oh, yeah. Hit us up, brother. We got you back. Cool beans. Yep. Well, everybody out there, this is uh, Sean from Unclean Bands. My guest and I have been Shinobi Ninja. Make sure you go right now, check them out, get the rest of the songs. Just don't settle for the two. They got an incredible catalog, and I can tell you, go see them play live. They're just—it's a showstopper. Just you just watch it. Okay? You, you'll probably end up like waiting in line to pay you pee yourself because you don't want to be on stage while you're watching them. Really been that much fun. Rock and roll, brother. We appreciate that, man. All right, guys. Take care. One up. Take care. Talk to you all later. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of unclaimed bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.